0: Robins at the gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Get £20 in free bets when you join today and bet £10 on any sport. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. New customers only. Minimum first bet of £10 at odds of evens or greater from a UK debit card. For 5 £5 free bets valid for seven days. Full terms at mansionbet.com. 18 plus. Be gamble aware.
1: Hello and welcome along to Robins at the Gate myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Um, Gregor was at the Forest game on Saturday and he can dissect exactly what went on for us. Finally, the rot has been stopped at home. It was a clean sheet, at least, and there was a full debut too. Injuries, more injuries, how could that be? We've been asking that question all season, we'll discuss it again. Um, there's been links to another manager when nigel pearson is still at the club but we don't know what's happening with his future we'll preview sheffield wednesday at the weekend we'll talk about the ipswich takeover and the ramifications that could have on bristol city and already the transfer market is being talked about before we even finish the season so gregor um thanks for coming on as always you're at the forest game um nil nil at the weekend okay positives clean sheet and stopping the rot at home but no shots on target. But you said to me, do you know what? For a nil-nil, it wasn't that bad. So how did you see it overall?
2: Yeah, you get nil-nils and they are dreadful. I thought there were a few chances in this one. Okay, Bristol City haven't hit the target and I didn't actually create too much. I think we have to give a lot of credit to uh, Nottingham Forest. They, I think on paper, they have a really good side. It's really puzzling for us why they haven't done better this season but I do think in a way they're in a, a similar position to Bristol City they've had a, a well obviously two different managers this season like Bristol City and sometimes when you get a club in sort of free fall it does take some time to to root things out and, and, and to turn it all around get momentum going in the right direction and I think that's the same situation in both clubs and I do think Chris Hutton, and we'll come on to him in a second, I do think he is starting to turn things around there and when I went through their team on paper, I thought they, they've got a very good side, bearing in mind they've got a few injuries themselves, were missing a couple of key players. They, they impressed me on Saturday, they've had some good results recently and I I'll, I'll, I tip them now to be competing at the right end of the, the league next season. I think they're going to be... a A very interesting watch. And so when you factor that in, I actually think it was a very good point for Bristol City on on Saturday. As you say, they they stopped the the run of of losses. Finally, they made it to the 50-point mark, which is important, I think, as well. And I think they'll get a little boost from that because it, it probably does mean they're going to be safe next season, especially with the results as they occurred elsewhere. Rotherham got those games in hand, but they don't seem to be on the, mm. the winning run at the moment. So it does look like they're going to be basically marooned in in mid-table. I, I I would suspect they'll get one more result. And and yeah, this as I say, this point could be actually a very, very useful one, even though they didn't play that well on the day.
1: I suppose it's a bit of a sliding doors moment, isn't it? Because we understand Chris and was in the running for the job in summer when Dean Holden got it and he's ended up at Nottingham Forest. And they're side-by-side side in the championship table. So there's nothing to say that Chris Sheaton would would have come in, like we said last week, and, and waved the magic wand. But it does show how deep um, problems can go in a club. Like you said, Nottingham Forest, that squad uh, on paper, should be doing a lot better. And I think I agree with you there, Gregor, that they will be doing much better um, next season.
2: But the, just mention... Yeah, the- Go on, sorry. The only the only thing well, they've got a couple of problems in that they've obviously got Anthony Knocker on loan and whether he might go back to yeah. Fulham if Fulham get relegated. And likewise they've got good strikers but experienced guys. Graben's thirty-three now, isn't he? So so yeah, it's just whether those guys can, can keep going. Just on Houston, I just sorry, Michelle, I just wanted to add in that we we did actually ask him after the game about how close. He came to becoming the Bristol City boss last summer and his answer was quite um, revealing. He said, hmm, I can't remember what I have said on this previously. And then he turned <laughs> to his press officer, as as managers do, and his, ma- his pr- press officer said, well, everything's just speculation now. Right. So then he laughed and, <laughs> and unfortunately, unfortunately, we all moved on after that point. So. Yeah, basically, we understand he had an interview last summer. He was It he was in contention, and obviously, the club went with Dean Holden instead mm. and decided to 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 stick with their trusted template of bringing through youth players and just adding in some older players. And yeah, just just on the game, I just wanted to add that from what you said earlier that it was a clean sheet, and that is three in the last six games, which is um, a big positive for Bristol City and and the and maybe yes, yeah, some indication of the work that Nigel Pearson is doing. There may be a little bit harder to beat at the moment, hmm. but on the other hand, it's only one goal in the last eight home games, which oh, is so not bad, good yeah, so yeah, bad. And I
1: mean, that's not good enough under anyone. But they didn't even have a shot on target, Gregor. I mean, they hmm. d- the forest keeper could have just had a little lay down for the afternoon, got his deck chair out, and enjoyed the yeah. April bitterness that we had in the air. It's just yeah. You've got to be asking questions when there's no shots in ta- on target in a game. I just, what do they do all week? You, you know, we we know they're working well in training. It's just not translating onto the onto the pitch. And Naki Walsh has played through the middle as well, was not he? Where where he wants he, to be playing? Um, he, but yeah, he was no yeah.
2: Shots. and he was yeah. gone. He was he, yeah, you're right. He was played through the middle, and this is obviously his best position and where I'd like to see him play more. But you're right, he didn't have a single shot in the game. And yeah, Bristol City weren't able to create anything, well, hardly anything. I I thought Sam Pearson did okay, but obviously that's another guy making his first start. And that is indicative of the problems that Bristol City have had injury-wise. And you're probably never going to expect somebody like Sam Pearson to come in and and put in a man-of-the-match performance straight away. Okay, it can happen, but it's unlikely. He's only 19, on the other side you've got uh, Antoine Semenyo, who's only twenty one and and yeah he's he's been a a little bit inconsistent but probably Bristol City's best attack over the last few weeks i I actually do think he should have had a penalty he r- uh, rampaged into the area at one point and as he does and and he was caught by Joe worrell's sort of heel and I did think that was a penalty and a few little decisions like that didn't go Bristol City's way on the day. That happens, and it could have been different if, if it had done. Casey Palmer was um, was okay. He's probably him and Masengo were, were were slightly uh, well were okay. Um, Henry Lansby probably put in his best performance yet for Bristol City, but still not quite good enough for me. And yeah, Hamm- Noah Masengo again. He's only nineteen as well, and mm. he was very good, and he's been outstanding in the last few games. So. They do have positives, but you're right, attacking-wise, and I, I think this stems a little bit from the fullbacks. Neither fullback, um, Danny Simpson or Tommy Rowe, really offer too much going forward at the moment. They've both been um, pretty solid defensively, and they certainly were on Saturday. But in possession, the, you don't see too many overlapping runs at the moment, few crosses, and yeah, maybe that's one area where they need to improve.
1: But the stats say only Tommy Rowe played more key passes for, for Bristol City than Sam Pearson. Um, so, was he a little bit more probing, Tommy Rowe, at the weekend, or, or was it just that no one else was probing at all?
2: Yeah, I think the latter. Basically, right. they what well, they had six shots, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, none of their strikers got any decent chances. Palmer, I think, had three of them, and a couple of them were from long range. Probably the best moment was some fantastic footwork from Sam Pearson as he cut in um, after. Masengo, I think, had done done some good work, and he set up Palmer to shoot from the edge of the box, and it was deflected. Maybe on another day, something like that goes in. But yeah, you're right. It's it's yeah, few few chances, and um, they've they've got to do better going forward. And they probably need some of their key players back, but we might have to wait for next season for that.
1: Such is the um, picture of of injuries. That Alex Scott, who's 17, was on the bench, okay? As you know. And when you go on the lineups on Google and you go through the squads, when you click on Alex Scott's name, it goes to Robert Alexander Scott, who was an English goalkeeper and was born (laughs) in 1913. (laughs) So yeah um
2: 107
1: yeah yeah not bad for 107 um yeah. yeah so i know alex got um making the squad at the weekend well done to well done to him but um it does show doesn't it just just that little nugget there that i picked out how inexperienced some of this squad is right now and and that brings us on gregor oh I I know we say it every week, so I I don't actually want to spend ages talking about this, but how frustrated must the fans be with what is going on with these injuries? If I'm Steve Lansdowne, I'm sat there wondering, why is this happening? How is this happening? I'm asking for a full-on inquiry. It's not normal.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. They need some kind of inquiry. It's a bit... it's a difficult one. That in in terms of well, it's not difficult at all. Actually, it's I'm not too sure. Basically, whether the club has held an inquiry or is going to. There's been some indication previously from I think Dean Holden mm. that they, the club was going to hold an inquiry, not Nigel said he was going to
1: do it, didn't he? Nigel said he was yeah. the club
2: anymore. and the club definitely needs to. And yeah, fundamentally, this is what has disrupted their season for me because you're looking at yeah something what, like what now 30 you've,
1: you've named teams that they could have put out that they couldn't put out sorry go on how, yes. how, how many how many entries do we reckon
2: this season we re- we reckon around 30 but <sighs> just over the last few days we've had Marley Watkins ruled out for the final six games Incredible. Jamie Patson ruled out for the final six games Andy Weiman, I don't think can play this season because I think he was removed from the 25 man EFL squad list in January um, Alfie Morrison was yeah. So I don't think he can come into the squad, even though the club have been putting up videos of, of him back in I training mean, Sam and Bell. set himself. Well,
1: tell me what happened yeah. to Sam Bell. You know, it was so sad to see him leave the field 16 minutes into his debut. A hamstring yeah. again. Yeah. What, I yeah. Mean, and- let's just, Chris Martin, hamstring. Callum Dowder, hamstring. Cam Prink, hamstring. Liam Walsh, hamstring.
2: Jay williams. Yeah. Joe
1: williams. well joe williams is thigh or hamstring isn't it but that's not normal is it and yeah you know we we don't see day to day but right this, this is not the same at all but at the moment um, as you know as you very kindly um, sponsored us we're doing this running challenge and it's really hard um and i know that i am not like an elite athlete i don't know exactly how to prepare but you know it's the basics of, of doing your stretches and things so imagine that time's 100 on on a massive scale they go in every day and they should be going through everything step by step to make sure this shouldn't happen in finite detail because it's not just like us going out for a run and doing your stretches in very much layman's terms they go into it in so much more specific forensic detail is that not happening what what do you think gregor what what your sort of thoughts on on why this is happening
2: well when nigel pearson came in he identified that straight away that there was this injury problem and we've heard about it all year and he said he was going to be very particular about the loading um of of players he's remarked a couple of times in post-match games now about how the players have got to be a bit more robust and i i do think there is a little bit about that when you when your squad is stretched and you use so many young players the intensity of championship games is 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 so high for these guys especially compared to the under 23s matches they played before and they're playing this congested schedule of game 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 saturday tuesday etc so yeah i do think that is part and parcel but i think it goes beyond that and yeah as we just said there the club has to and and as far as we know mate well as far as we we might know they might already have done this they have really have to get to the very bottom of this and find out if there's anything more they can do because if you have anything similar next season then again it's just going to write off the entire campaign and and there's also the question of, of, of duty and care of looking after the players are they getting the best attention and the best rehabilitation that they can do this is Big questions for them is it It might hamper the club and, and their reputation if, if that's not the case. So, yeah, they, they've got to get to grips with this. You mentioned Liam Walsh there. That is absolutely ridiculous, that situation, because he has come back and played 90 minutes against Rotherham the other day. And he's now out for the season again. Another, another hamstring victim. And, yeah, it, it, we've seen far too many of these cases this season and they've got to improve on it.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely mind-boggling because every time we think the injuries must be done, another one comes up. The one that really stuck with me was the one that happened. Um, well, just, all the hamstring ones, but Sam Bell particularly. I was just so shocked.
2: I, yeah, I just wanted to add in about, obviously we saw some more, unfortunately, on Saturday again because it looked like Danny Simpson might have picked up something, but after the game, Nigel Pearson did... Uh, relay that it was probably just cramp. So hopefully that's that, that's okay. That one, but what the do you other think one you've was Danny Simpson. So far, by the way, just just before you tell me about he, the other one. He yeah, I, I actually thought he had a good game on Saturday, and I thought he did look maybe defensively a bit better than what City have had at times this season at right back. So given that they're not expected to spend too much this summer, judging from what. Nigel Pearson said recently, although that is in contrast to what Steve Lansdowne said before Nigel Pearson was appointed. Um, given that, yeah, th- they might have to be creative in the transfer market, it might not be a bad sort of free transfer pickup, but yeah assuming he can play with these older guys it's all well and good bringing them in for a year or so but if they're going to be injured and sat on the sidelines then that's no good to anyone Um, but yeah I thought he did all right, and I thought there was a bit of potential shown there the only the other injury I was going to just mention quickly was Antoine Semenyo right at the end of the game had a really awkward fall and this kind of ties into my point about the younger players and what Nigel Pearson said about players being more robust he actually got injured heading the ball and uh, I, mean, I mean, that's it, it's sort of like a freak injury in a way because he just jumped too high, headed it, landed really awkwardly on his neck. And um, yeah, hopefully he's going to be okay and back soon because he's been really good recently, yeah. Antoine Cimeno. And But it does kind of show that with the younger players, I do think sometimes you, with the, the game so intense and coming thick and fast that you're going to pick up a few extra knocks along the way. So um, we'll, we'll wait and see how he is.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, those injuries do happen. It's more the muscular ones, which are are just bizarre. What's been um, a little odd this week is the links of Mark Robbins to Bristol City. Uh, Just rumours, any substance in them, Gregor? Nigel Pearson's still in charge for now, but nothing decided before and beyond the end of the season.
2: Uh, Well, I think it's a very interesting link because Mark Robbins has got a lot of admirers within the hierarchy at Bristol City. He was on loan towards the end of his career at Ashton Gate and he was very popular when he came down to bs 3 And from that, and also his work as a manager, he has had um, he has, he's gained attention um, with the top brass at Bristol City. He was very close to being appointed previously. I think he was heavily in the running when Derek McInnes got the job and he was considered when Sean O'Driscoll came in as well. And and also he was in contention when Lee Johnson left and and he was one of the guys they considered last summer before they ultimately interviewed some people like Paul Cook uh, and uh, and Chris Hewton and Dean Holden eventually got the job. So yes, I think that's a very interesting line that's come out. We don't know for certain at the moment whether there is anything concrete in that one. We, we'll do some digging and see what we can find. But I do wonder, and this is just me speculating, is, is whether Bristol City are currently weighing up whether to give Nigel Pearson a long-term deal. And our understanding is that Pearson is very, he wants the job and he, he wants to build Bristol City to try and compete for promotion, but he believes, and he's, he's gone on record as saying this, he's, he wants sort of um, two to three years, sort of five four or five transfer windows to get a squad in place to do that. And that's how he sees uh, the club progressing to that point. And maybe the Lansdowne family are weighing up whether that's the right way to go. And I would suggest that coupled into that is that Pearson will want more control in terms of he'll want to bring in his own staff and, and people behind the scenes. So in effect, you've got to decide whether to back Pearson for the longer term and uh, rip up the, the maybe rip up is a bit strong but change the template that they've been working to yeah we've said
1: that haven't we? We, we we think they
2: might need to do yeah. that yeah they, they, they probably won't play so many younger players we've said previously when they brought in well, I think we discussed Opie Edwards leaving recently, um, a young player who was due to start against Luton, but he was let go. And our understanding is because Nigel Pearson wants to experience fullbacks on either side. And that's hence why he's got Danny Simpson in there. And yeah, it means there might be fewer chances for academy products, not, not necessarily. There might be a few still that break through. And the, the club basically have got to weigh up whether to, to go with Pearson and fully back him. Or whether they they look at another option who maybe fits in a little bit more naturally with their existing template template, i.e., playing younger players, not necessarily looking to spend too much, and and maybe base their their future progress on on yeah the the, the talent from the from the Bristol City Academy, and whether that is feasible or not is is a different question. But that's yeah that's what I wonder if they are currently pondering.
1: Yeah, Mark Robbins has um, had a decent managerial career, but he's not been anywhere, you know, massive. Rotherham Barnsley, Coventry, Huddersfield, Scunthorpe, then back to Coventry. His overall win ratio is 38.7%, something to think about. Um, Sheffield Wednesday then at the weekend. We don't know exactly what time at the weekend yet um, because of Prince Philip's funeral. Uh, The Duke of Edinburgh's funeral will be at 3 p.m., And the EFL are rescheduling fixtures, so they are not played then. So Sheffield Wednesday, Gregor. uh, Languishing, second from bottom at the moment. Bit unpredictable. Lost 4-1 to QPR. But before that, thrashed Cardiff City 5-0. I mean, I don't know if Cardiff City were just having an off day or what that day. Um, But they're fighting for their lives uh, at the bottom of the table. They had the points, six points deduction at the start of the season. But at the moment, they played the same games as Coventry, and they're seven points behind. Darren Moore's gone in there, and he, he's done an all right job, to be fair. But it's a long way back for them, isn't it?
2: Yeah, he, he was missing, wasn't he, from the sidelines? I think. For the yeah, Cardiff he's had
1: COVID, game. so um, he's been self-isolating.
2: Yeah, and and you're, you're you're right. They've had some mixed results there. Sort of two wins in the la- in the last four games, but two losses as well, and big swings in score lines. It's that crazy time of the season, where where you see some you know ridiculous results here and there, some things that don't make sense. I mean, Wickham have been pretty decent we re- uh, recently, um, recently as well, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be a very tough game for Bristol City. I actually think they might not get too much here. I think Sheffield Wednesday uh, at that stage where they're, they're like a, a cornered rat, and they're going <laughs> to they're going to have to go they're going to have to go for it here. So I just just think bristol
1: city an maybe a, a <laughs> just, what you're saying is it's not going to be nice to see
2: no they're yeah they're like a, the, the proverbial wounded animal here so yeah uh, just battling they, for their lives yes exactly so i just think with that added motivation for them i wonder if bristol city will feel they're pretty much safe now and and they've had some good results on the road city but yeah, yeah it's way better on the road yeah but conversely, I sometimes think, well, that probably means they're due for a few bad, bad results as well to come. <laughs> Every so, optimist, yeah, I, or, the, or the realist, yeah. But yeah, oh, um, yeah. unfortunately, I, I I don't see them getting much here from this one. But I do I do think they'll pick up maybe one good result before the end of the season. And and as I say, it, it's just, the main thing was Nigel Pearson coming in and getting avoiding relegation, and they've done that. So. In some regards, he's done what he needed to immediately, and it's going to be all about building for next season.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to touch on Ipswich Town's takeover by Game Changer 20. Three board members of the US club, Phoenix Riving, have completed a transaction worth around £40 million. It ends Marcus Evans' tenure there. 13 years he was there, um, he's still got 5% there, but essentially the ultimate control of Ipswich is going to be handed to an Ohio-based investment fund, named ORG. Now, why do we care about this? You might be thinking, well, Mark Ashton, those links may strengthen now, mightn't they, Gregor? Can you explain why?
2: Yeah, we've discussed this for a few weeks now, haven't we? And we said, I think last time we spoke about it, we said that it might be interesting to keep an eye out for what happens in the summer. Now, our understanding is that Ipswich Town do um, want Mark Ashton basically to come in as their CEO, to be the guy to run it day to day, there. There's links with Mike O'Leary, who I believe is fronting up the Game Changer Consortium. Mike O'Leary worked with Mark Ashton at both uh, West Brom and uh, Oxford. And uh, I believe actually that, well, one source told us this week that O'Leary is actually regarded as a bit of a mentor for Mark Ashton. So there's there's a real strong relationship there. And we've done some digging into this and we believe that, yeah, Ipswich Town are very, very interested in Ashton and that he's essentially being lined up for that job. So it all comes down to Ashton and whether he wants to go. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very, very interesting watch the next few weeks. We suggest that it might well happen. And, and yeah, I, I, I and I do think on this that if he does leave Bristol City... I mean, I've seen a lot of the reaction from fans about this news story. That they've been sort of um, very jubilant about the possibility of Ashton leaving, and a lot of them basically hold him um, responsible for the for poor recruitment decisions, the medical department, and a lot more. And I, I think there are questions for the CEO. We we asked him some in January. We'll certainly be pressing to ask more at the end of this season. We've been discussing them already in terms of the medical department. And Mark Ashton essentially has put that team together there. So big questions there. On the recruitment side, I make it a basically a mixed success there. It's tough to deny that the club has brought in some excellent fees over the last few years for selling their best players. Has the, has the recruitment matched that? I don't think it has. But no. I do think they have had some successes in there. And certainly if you look at the team on paper, the likes of Jadis Silva, um, Semenyo coming through, backinson Viner coming through, Narkey Wells is, is a quality championship player that we just haven't seen the best of him at Ashton Gate yet. Um, I, I do think that you, you can point to some possible successes that might come to fruition in, in the next few seasons. So I, I, I think, may, uh, basically, it could be a case that Bristol City suffer some short-term pain if Ashton was to leave, because this is a guy who is central to absolutely everything at the club. But longer term, well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe if somebody came in, um, and it depends who would come in, then we we might see the club possibly in a better place for promotion, but but it's not it's not ever as as cut and dried as that. No, no. So um, we'll have to see what happens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, just finally talking about transfers. Already we are hearing rumours about Bristol City's attack for next season. The names mentioned are. Britta Somalonga, who was mentioned extensively in the last couple of windows. There were some rumours that maybe there would be a swap deal with Mara Jiju um, to go to Borough. But both of their contractors at stands, are up in uh, summer, aren't they? Uh, the other one is Jerry Yates, who has been absolutely terrific for Blackpool. Who've come out of nowhere and shot up the table uh, to be... In um, well, really, being contention in League One for promotion. Um, in League One alone, he scored 18 goals. He's got a cup in the FA Cup as well, and he, he's been terrific this season. Um, any
2: weight in either of those rumours? Nothing in uh, Bristol. longer. there's been some links with him recently, but it's our understanding that he's not a target for this summer, and he wasn't a target in January either. In fact. Uh, those rumours sort of came about from the North northeast, and um, I think it was related to the family Jeju situation that Middlesbrough basically wanted to ideally do some kind of swap deal and yeah, Sombalong has been, been confirmed as leaving Middlesbrough but yeah, he's not a target for Bristol City this summer. Whether that changes in the future in, in if there's a new CEO and new manager in place then, then who knows what would happen then but as it stands, not at the moment. Mm. Uh, but Jerry Yates is certainly the one that the club is aware of and uh, no doubt others as well. They'll, they'll have their lists at the moment that they're working on. Um, I'm sure they'll be watching him. Also the likes of Luke uh, Jeffcott as well and other strikers doing well this season. And they're going to need somebody. If family if Jeju, well, you probably got to expect him to be on his way in the summer now that given that he hasn't signed a new deal, um, we we know that he has got offers already from elsewhere, so yeah, we it does look like he's on his way, and they'll they'll need another sort of tall, powerful number nine type striker. So they'll be looking out for, for other players who fit into that mould. And yeah, Jerry Yates is is one they're watching, but there's nothing concrete there at the moment.
1: Okay, yeah, he's worth watching, I would say, as well, based on the season at least. And then it's on to Wickham, and then the following weekend, Luton on the Sunday, the day of the League Cup final, actually. Uh, So we will be back next week to reflect on Sheffield Wednesday and look ahead to those games. Um, As always, Gregor, thanks for your time. Thank you for listening. And wherever you're listening, if you hit subscribe, you won't miss an episode.
0: Robins at the Gate. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Always bet on red with MansionBet. 18 plus. Be gambler aware. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts.